It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Any other questions, guys? Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great night. Hey, what's up? Welcome to episode number 653 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, February the 3rd. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network, where we have team-focused shows covering all 30 NBA teams, all 32 NFL teams as well. So if you're getting ready for the offseason now that the Super Bowl is over, please make sure you're tuning into those local shows to get a feel for what the offseason is going to look like if you're a Titans or a Panthers or a Bengals fan. Uh, also, if you are a fan of one of the teams that was in the Super Bowl, check out Locked On Chiefs and Locked On 49ers today as you get either the joy and happiness of Locked On Chiefs or the utter uh, sadness and despair that I'm sure is emanating from the Bay Area today on the 49ers show. So please uh, go do that. If you want to support the show on the network, please subscribe, rate, and review. We got hockey, basketball, uh, all the sports that they talk about in the uh, Lonely Island song basically covered on a team granular level. So make sure you're checking those out. Uh, All right, on today's show, the Toronto Raptors have won 11 games in a row and are still second in the Eastern Conference. Nick Nurse has, uh, since last we spoke, clinched his spot as the all-star coach. Um, and things are going pretty well outside of an injury to Norman Powell. And joining me to talk about the wins over the Pistons on Friday and the Bulls on Saturday, and then later on a little bit of trade deadline stuff, it's our pal Vivek Jacob. What's going on, man? Nothing much. Just hanging. I'm ready for the new week. Got some real tests in the Raptors system. We got the Pacers, so I'm looking forward to that. It's been uh, a lot of beating up on these uh, sub-500 teams, which we know we can uh, they can do. So I'm looking forward to a mostly healthy Raptors team going up against good competition. Yes, I am extremely tired of watching them beat the piss out of sad sacks. I would like to see, even if it's a loss to the Pacers on Wednesday, which 
I have the inkling it might be because they always seem to get to 11 wins and can never break the franchise record. And without <laughs> Marcus Saul against the Pacers, that's a tough size matchup, but we can get to that tomorrow. Actually, tomorrow, Tony East from Lockdown Pacers is going to come on the show, so we're going to tee up the home and home this week. Uh, we'll talk about the Pacers later. Um, in terms of the games against the Pistons and the Bulls, both utterly depressing teams. The Bulls at least showed a little bit of fight in the first half, uh, but completely lost it in the second half as Terrence freaking Davis went off. Um, I guess we can start with him. I feel like he's probably the biggest takeaway from yesterday's game for both of us. Uh, what were your thoughts on Terrence Davis hitting 31 points uh, on Saturday, his career high, obviously? And yeah, I think he had a pretty good game on Friday as well, like 13 points or something like that. Um, how, how have you uh, enjoyed the Terrence Davis experience in particular on Sunday against the Bulls? Yeah, I, I find it funny that uh, that guys like Zach Levine are frustrated with not being an all-star and then Terrence Davis comes out and looks like the best player on the, the court. Um, the the, the three-point shooting is what sticks out to me the most. No matter how positive you were about Terrence Davis coming in, uh, he always looked like someone that played hard, that played the right way, um, that seemed to have smart instincts. But in ter- it's the jump shot, I think, that has caught everyone by surprise. To be shooting over 40%, um, more than halfway through the season, and, yeah, to shoot 6 of 7 from 3 uh, against the Bulls, I, th- I think that's the thing that sticks out to me. His shot just looks so fluid. Uh, he's so confident. He's never hesitant with anything. And <clears throat> If you're projecting down the line towards the playoffs, uh, you, you know, everything he's done to this point suggests that he's someone that's not going to get intimidated uh, by a playoff scenario that's going to be intimidated by a big moment uh, that you know he, you're someone you can he, he's someone you can trust to give uh, key minutes to uh, if the situation demands it and and you can trust him yeah I, I'm with you he does seem to profile as a guy who's not going to get run off the floor in the postseason environment I, I mean I think we could sort of you know, with like Rondé Hollis Jefferson, it was always a little bit of tempered excitement when you saw his best stretches this season because you kind of know the lack of shooting is always going to be something that potentially has him played off the floor when things matter most. And so were those sort of upsides of his defense ever going to be actually that meaningful? Uh, probably not. But with Terrence Davis, I mean, his offense is very clearly pretty advanced for a rookie. He, I mean, his first step is absurd. His finishing is just like... It's like Siakam-esque. Like, remember last year, it hasn't so much happened this season, but, like, Siakam had all these, like, bizarro finishes from weird angles all over the place. He kind of understood the angles in a really sort of advanced way. And Davis seems to have that same sort of thing, just with, with, with like, even more touch almost. Like, he kind of drives into traffic, and, you know, he'll have two bodies on him and somehow just, like, delicately place it up off the glass and in, sometimes for an and one and that doesn't even count the dunks because he's a good dunker too. Like I just, it's, I, maybe we should just come to expect this, I suppose, from the Raptors and guys they pluck off the scrap heap. I, I don't know. It's it's remarkable what he's done. He has been, and look, I know there was a lot of like anger over the fact that he wasn't named to the Rising Stars game. I couldn't possibly give less of a shit about that. I mean, if you're looking at just, like, star power, like, yeah, Terrence Davis doesn't have the same star power as the Zions and the the other guys who made that team. And it, because of the U.S. versus world format, there's only 12 spots and really about half a dozen spots for American rookies. And 
Terrence Davis, while the stats portray him as one of the best American rookies in terms of like the advanced numbers and, and uh, real plus minus, I think he's number eight in the entire NBA in real plus minus on ESPN right now, which is pretty wild. And I don't know what that says about the ESPN plus minus stat, but it's pretty cool either way. And, you know, I, I just think, yes, his on-court, you know, his, his impact is obviously very clear. He's not the flashiest or the guy who plays the most minutes or the lottery pick with the sort of dust still on him, the like the magic draft pixie dust. So I, I get it. It's not the end of the world. But still, I mean, it's just to have him contributing at this level on a team that is 36-14 and 14 with the fourth best net rating in the NBA and a defense that does not crater by any means when he's out there and an offense that seems to pop when he's out there, it just... It defies all logic for a rookie, let alone one who did not get drafted by anybody. Perhaps someone should have drafted him. Yeah, I mean, it defies all logic except the Raptors' logic, right? This has just yeah. become what they do. Uh, and, and the maturity that he has as well, uh, it belies being a rookie. And you look at him talking about it post-game, uh, about the rising stars, and him just saying, hey, I'd rather play a playoff game. And... You know, I thought I thought that sort of uh, <clears throat> symbolizes exactly what the Raptors look to do with in terms of their scouting, in terms of who they look to bring into uh, the franchise. You know, for them, whether you're, you're, you're 24 years old at the draft, 22, whatever, uh, at, at the end of the day, you have to show uh, that you're all about winning, um, that you're going to do the right things, say the right things and be a professional and there's people that don't get drafted just because they're they're older or whatever it may be and the Raptors ignore all of that I think they've established sort of uh, a blueprint for the type of people they know they can mold into being successful at the NBA level and Terrence Davis is a prime example, example of that yeah, it seems like their main focus when they go into finding guys is, uh, are you a greedy son of a bitch or not? <laughs> and if you are a greedy son of a bitch, we're going to bring you in, and then hopefully we can teach you how to do basketball things. And, like, I mean, it's also double, doubly remarkable with Davis considering how little, like, grooming time he's had. He kind of just got thrown into it. He's the only guy to have played in all the games this season for the team didn't get any G League run when it seemed like maybe that was going to be in the cards, and he just has been a really good contributor since day one. His true shooting is at 63 right now. It's just fucking bad shit, but uh, very, very cool, and he's super fun to watch, and he's a really, really easy guy to root for as well, and I think the team kind of has that in him as well. When he hit that last bucket to get to 31 last night, the... Uh, the swarming and like the head pats and the head the choke like the chokeholds and everything it was all very very uh, heartwarming stuff that the Raptors tend to do pretty well so that was pretty cool um, and I guess the Davis thing kind of dovetails into one of the bigger developments of the weekend as well which is Norman Powell going down with the fractured fourth metacarpal or tarsal or one of the carpal tarsal whatever bone in the hand. We don't really know. It's an indefinite timeline right now. I was doing some Googling because why not do WebMD for uh, basketball players? That seems to be a good idea, right? Um, and, you know, it's like three to five weeks tends to be the sort of recovery time. That's nice at the time. Like, that's nice timing considering that the All-Star break is coming up. So that's almost two weeks of dead time that Norm is going to miss theoretically. But in the meantime, Terrence Davis kind of has that role opened up for him, right, where you know, Norm was the off-bench sort of spark plug, and Davis 
as much as I think a lot of people wanted him to just get all the Patrick McCaw minutes, clearly that wasn't going to happen because Nick Nurse thinks Patrick McCaw offers something of some sort of value. But I don't think anyone, including Nick Nurse, would think that Patrick McCaw can sort of be the microwave scoring spark plug off the bench the way Norm could. But maybe Terrence Davis can be that. Are you excited in in a way... And do you think this can be like a lot of the other injuries that have happened this season where maybe it sort of opens our eyes to something that was sitting there all along? And do you think Terrence Davis is going to continue to run with this sort of six-man-ish, you know, off-the-bench offensive leader type of role as uh, Norm recovers from the hand injury? More than anything, I think I'm excited for the prospect of him maybe being able to play through some of his mistakes a bit more. Yeah. I think uh, Nurse has had a bit of a short leash with him uh, at certain times and you know obviously we have that quote from that game where it's you know probably five too many and so I think those situations are gonna help him and again it's, it's that whole you know when you're on the bench bench and you, you're sort of uncertain about your role and then all of a sudden injury hits and it's like hey you don't have to look over your shoulder anymore so I think Terrence will have a bit more of that uh, going for him while Norm is out and yeah I, I, I think especially with the way the schedule maps out for the next bit. Uh, You know, Indiana is not the biggest team, so Mm -hmm. I think uh, he can can have some success against them. Raptors have, what, in the next three-ish weeks, they're going to deal with the Pacers three times. So, um, and then obviously you've got a bunch of sub-500 teams in there as well. Um, And, you know, Feb 25th against Milwaukee, that's kind of a game where maybe you look to make a statement, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how long Norm is out for. Uh, like you said, that four weeks, five weeks, maybe six, who knows? But, uh, yeah, that that is probably... those The Indiana and the Milwaukee games are the ones where I think I'll look to see what he can really do um, in those games because, let's face it, the other ones, you're probably not going to learn as much uh, just like, you know, a Chicago or a Detroit or any of the games they've played for the last three weeks <laughs> even the ones yeah, like right. outside of the Thunder game which I thought was very encouraging considering how well they played there and Gasol was back whipping passes like uh, like he tends to do um, you know that that game was telling but even the Sixers game didn't have the full health they lost Josh Richardson early on I'm very excited to learn something more uh, substantial that than that the Raptors are very good against bad teams um, and I'm excited for Davis to, to be part of that. And Nurse made the comment yesterday that, you know, he, he sometimes when, when Davis has a game like he had yesterday, he looks back in retrospect, he thinks he's insane for ever having, you know, been stern or harsh with him and having the tough love approach. And hopefully that symbols, signals at least that he's going to go with Terrence Davis a little bit more often in in the times where he's maybe being a little bit more erratic, making those defensive mistakes, fouling shooters. You don't want that stuff, obviously, but they might not really have a choice because they're running out of bodies to fill in for those minutes when Davis is not uh, doing things to Nick Nurse's exact liking. Um, also, just a quick note, Norm getting hurt again sucks, man. I feel so bad for him. He has been on such a heater uh, both before his first injury and then after his first injury, and hopefully he can carry it on. Hopefully, if he can get back in time for the Bucks game, he'll be just just be able to step into a comfort zone and uh, destroy the Bucks a little bit, and then get back on the roll or something like that. Because uh, it's been really fun to watch Norm kind of figure things out and find consistency that has so long evaded him. 
and uh, hopefully he's back sooner than later because uh, Norm's a lot of fun. And I mean, I guess there's a non-zero chance he's played his last game for the Raptors, uh, which we can get to a little bit later on, I suppose. I, I don't think that's necessarily the case, but uh, it could be. I don't know. Uh, before we continue on talking about uh, some lingering thoughts from the weekend games and most notably the trade deadline, which is now just a few days away, I want to remind people that if you've been a listener to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but you may not know that Locked On Raptors is a great way for your local business to reach passionate sports fans and Raptors fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners and not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Raptors fans in a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team out to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 3377 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Vivek, let's uh, carry on here. Before we get into some deadline talk, let's uh, quickly address the other two games, the the other takes we have from the weekend games. Oh, takes, what a dumb word. Um, the Bulls and the Pistons game. Anything lingering in terms of, you know, things you saw from players that you're liking, not liking? Again, it's so hard to pull anything from these games because there's so nothing in terms of competitiveness. But, uh, I don't know, did something pique your interest at all over the last couple games? Um, no, not too much, because I, honestly, I am one of those guys that sort of, you know, weighs, uh, these sub-500 teams pretty low in terms of assessing what the Raptors can really do, um, and, I mean, forget, forget sub-500, in the last few games, they've been playing sub-400 teams, so, um, yeah, it's hard to take too much away from it, uh, you know, I think... I will say Patrick McCaw has been playing a little bit better, I feel, mm-hmm. the last couple. Um, whether that's just, you know, more of his shots falling or, uh, you know, me just accepting <laughs> a very low bar <laughs> for him. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think he has been a, a bit better. Um, I don't, you know what? We, we don't talk about Surge enough. Yeah. Uh, Surge just continues to do his thing, he's been great all season and you know Gasol in Gasol out he's been great and yeah we obviously know the pick and pop game is there with Kyle all the time but I think uh, the chemistry he's had with Fred this season it's night and day from last season and so so, uh, yeah shots to surge continuing to just roll on into uh, into free agency and what should be a, a pretty uh, I, I think there'll be significant demand for Ibaka. I think, especially in this NBA, um, he'll be pretty appealing to uh, a lot of teams. 
Yeah, and I think a point that Zach Lowe made today in his uh, his piece, or it might have been Brian Windhorst's podcast this morning, but it was talking about sort of the lack of cap space that's going to be out there this summer and the value of having an expiring guy on your books who potentially either you can keep around and give him a deal to stick around or you can you know facilitate facilitate a sign and trade and get some assets back and i think now that we've reached the point where it's like very clear they're not going to sell off i think we're far past that but at least like the media types have also moved past that as well um i I think it's you know it's really nice that they just have surge here and, and they can kind of figure it out in the summer with him with a bunch of different options for how to how it all play out you know, maybe Surge goes and gets paid big time by one of these teams in look in, in search of a big man. Maybe like the Hawks or something. If they don't get a, de- a deal done for Capella or Drummond, maybe that's a team that wants a center to you know pair with John Collins who can shoot, and maybe he gets the bag there. Um, either way, I think you know Surge is putting himself in a pretty good spot, like you said, and it's been really fun to watch him. And I was a little bit concerned. I thought we were seeing a little bit when Gasol was back of sort of the disparity in terms of the effectiveness of the team when Gasol was out there versus Ibaka. And I think some of the, the worst times that the Raptors would string together were typically with Ibaka playing center and you'd kind of bring Gasol back in and he would have a really sort of steadying effect on the team whenever things were kind of getting out of control. And I was worried that maybe it was going to be a little bit of a continuation of that with Serge starting. But no, he's been awesome. He's, I mean, his shooting has been like through the roof. Uh, and a really nice bounce back from last year where I think he was in the 20s in three-point percentage or the very, very low 30s at least. And now he's yeah. up to, I think, like 46% as a starter from the from three and has been really, really great from above the break. And it, it's just been nice to see. He's, I think, like you said, we don't talk about him enough. He's kind of an underappreciated part of this team because there are so many other guys who sort of demand the praise with what they do whether it's Lowry or Siakam or Gasol but uh, like a bucket just kind of goes about it pretty quietly and is a guaranteed bucket really when he's out there and working a pick and pop with with Lowry and that is a lot of value and there will be teams that really that that, that matchup you know obviously he's not going to be great against every team but I think there are going to be some teams that are terrified of that matchup and you know, in the playoffs, if you're going to be seeding those mid-range jumpers, that's a pretty good guy to be seeding them to if you're the Raptors and you're okay taking those because those are the shots you get when uh, teams are trying to maximize the shot chart sort of probabilities and everything like that. You know, having a guy that can be a mid-range ace for you is pretty great. And so, shouts to Serge, forever a fan favorite. And, yeah, it's uh, funny. Yeah, go ahead. You mentioned the, the shooting numbers as a starter, and so I just quickly pulled it up. As a starter this season, 17 games... 31 minutes a game, 18.2 points, 9.1 rebounds, uh, 0.9 blocks, uh, 47.9% from three (laughs) on three attempts a game. Overall, 57% from the field. So, yeah, man. He's good. Great. He's very good. Obviously, obviously we've got the uh, better than Drummond joke running for a while here in Toronto. Um, (laughs) I think Serge is definitely on that list of guys that's better than him, too. He's, he's, I mean, I, I would certainly say he's more impactful. He just fits better, too. I never understood that Ibaka for Drummond framework people were throwing out there. It just doesn't make sense to me. Ibaka fits perfectly with this team. Him and Lowry, like, that connection is something special. Um, the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. 
Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we're talking about trades. Let's continue on talking trades, I suppose. Uh, the deadline's coming up. I'm currently in the middle of listening to the new Zach Lowe, Brian Windhorst podcast because, God, I love trade content, even though I hate trades and I hate fake trades, unless they're my own fake trades, in which case they're very good and smart. Um, the the Raptors are very clearly in a place to potentially make a, a win-now move. There are some things they can do. There are some players out there, not a lot of very easy deals to facilitate, and it's hard to sort of gauge how some of these teams value the guys that might be available. If you were sort of writing a wish list, Vivek, of what you would like to see by the end of the week, is there something that's on it? Is there a player? Is there multiple players? Is there just a positional need that you'd see like that you'd like to see addressed? Or is your wish list blank and is it absolutely nothing? I think if the Thunder were struggling, I, I would have said Danilo Gallinari. I think the fact that they've been winning and having so much success leads me to believe that they won't quite be sellers at this deadline. And so I think that's someone that I would have liked to see in a Raptor uniform. Besides that, I don't know if there's someone that really makes uh, an impactful difference. So I'm pretty happy to just roll with what the Raptors have. Uh, I mean, I was talking with some friend and they're obviously very excited about Terrence Davis and sort of saying, hey, if you can get real value for Norm, then, you know, you, you can s- sort of move him off. But it's, it's going to be tough trading him while he's injured. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I don't really, I, I, I only have one guy that's been like the guy I've had my like eyes on all season long, and it's Bogdan Bogdanovich. And the real difficult thing with that is what the hell are the Kings thinking ever, right? And you never know what their sort of valuation is of a guy. You never know what it's going to take. And uh, like Norm, for the longest time to me, was the guy you just throw in that trade very easily for Bogdan. But I, I don't know if that's like even that much of an upgrade at this point, the way Norm's played and the shooting he offers and the sort of track record he has performing in big clutch moments. Um, I'm, I'm sure Bogdan would be very good at that too. We saw what he did in the World Cup and stuff, and he's uh, kind of a bastard in a lot of in a lot of the same vein as a lot of the guys on the Raptors. But like, I don't know if that's like a notable enough upgrade to really sort of sell your soul and do that deal, especially with Bogdan having like RFA coming up. And so I guess you kind of think about other deals, and it's like, okay, can you? Like, I think the first round pick the Raptors have this year should absolutely be on the table. I, I think. You know, it's not going to be a good pick, first of all. They're the third best team in the league record-wise right now, and they clearly don't need first-round picks to find talent, especially since, per all the draft nicks, this is supposed to be a pretty bad draft. And so I think that trade should be absolutely on the table, or that pick should be absolutely on the table. I think even, like, a protected future first, I think, should maybe be out there as well um, and, you know, try to take advantage of this potential window to maybe make a second run to the finals if things break perfectly for you. I don't know, like, Bogdan's out there, are there any names that you think could actually make them an actual credible threat to beat the Bucks, or do you think they are already that right now? I, I don't think they are, but what do you think? Yeah, I don't think they're good enough to beat the Bucks right now. Um, I think you'd have to expect Siakam to be at an otherworldly level. Uh, going up against Giannis to to make to make that a real real series. Um, 
but yeah in terms of the players that are available I, I feel like it's going to be really difficult right like I, I think everyone just sort of keeps going back to the fact that you know damn probably feel for signing that extension because that's that's the one guy that obviously you would have put uh, a decent amount of your chips on the table for uh, and so I think in terms of uh, what you gain versus what you'd have to give up. I don't. I don't know that there's really a deal. Like even you know, for me, I'm talking about Gallinari. You're talking about Bogdanovic. Those, those, both those guys are going to be free agents at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So uh, again, you know, if you if you're giving up pieces to get those, either of those two guys, then you got then you know you're going to have to resign them. And then how does that impact uh, the cap space for 2021? So. Um, in terms of all the machinations and factoring, you know, whether you're actually taking a significant step forward right now versus uh, keeping your cap room for 2021, I don't know that there's a deal out there. And, and I think that's part of why we've we've seen most teams be relatively quiet. It's like, I feel like most of the work to prepare for 2021 has already been done. Yeah. And so no one wants to undo that. Yeah, and it kind of keeps a bunch of guys off the table, right? Like Drew Holiday, man, I would like be uh, very, very excited if Drew Holiday were on this team somehow. And I'm not sure how you'd make that deal work, but you know, if that was something that was an option, I'd absolutely explore it because he'd be a perfect fit next to Lowry. Um, you'd have so much ball handling and defense and all the things the Raptors seem to enjoy in Drew Holiday. Uh, but he's got a player option for that 2021-2022 season. So, like, can you risk him not picking that up? Or, or can you risk him picking that up, sorry, and canceling out all your flexibility for that summer? Um, and the same goes with, with, like, Bogdan, obviously. Like, Bogdan's going to require a new contract. Uh, I don't imagine they'd keep Gallinari around long-term, considering his, like, age and health concerns and stuff like that. But um, it is kind of lining up to be pretty quiet. And I guess the hope for Raptors fans is that it's quiet for the same reasons for all the other teams in the East as well. And I know there will be some teams that have to make a move, like the Sixers seem like they're kind of in a death spin right now and are probably going to have to do something. I don't think the Pacers will do anything because they just got Oladipo back and probably should just see what they are with him. Um, you know, maybe the Heat do something, but they almost have less flexibility and more aspirations for 2021. And they kind of don't have a ton of stuff to trade either because they're kind of out picks and a lot of their contracts are sort of albatrossy as opposed to the Raptors where a lot of their contracts are either expiring or pretty useful. Um, so they might be in the same sort of stuck position. Boston, maybe they do something for a big man, but they also have a weird contract set up where most big trades kind of almost require them to give up one of their best players, which is uh, not something I would imagine they're going to want to do uh, as a team with a 7.1 net rating and uh, just as an impressive statistical profile as the Raptors, I, I can't see them doing much to shake up their mix, considering the mix was the problem last season, and it seems to be very much not the problem this year. And so, yeah, I think it's probably going to end up being pretty quiet. I, I like There was an intimation, and I don't think Zach Lowe by any means on his podcast was saying the Raptors are going to trade OG Ananobi, but he brought him up as a name to potentially consider if the Raptors really wanted to go big and make some sort of big win-now move. And he, again, he caveated this all by saying Masai doesn't put players like OG on the market very often or willy-nilly. Um, but would you 
be willing to part with OG Ananobi for anything that's out there. Any of these names, some name that maybe is not totally at the top of mind that might be available um, to make a deal that would potentially put the Raptors in the same sphere as the Bucks as a legitimate threat to make the finals. Um, I would I would put OG Ananobi in a deal that would make the Raptors a serious threat uh, against the Bucks. That, that I believe would take them over the hump against the Bucks. Uh, but I don't believe that move is out there. Like, yeah. Hypothetically, if Bradley Beal was available, then yeah, I'd be willing to give up OG Ananobi and uh, a pick, uh, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. But I don't think that level of player is available uh, right now. So I would rather just write it out. Um, my impressions of OG, I, I, I think he's going to be one of the best uh, defenders in the league, uh, wing defenders in the league. Um, but I don't quite see him becoming an offensive star. Yeah. Uh, and so I, when I look at that ceiling, then yeah, if I can get uh, a legit all-star, I mean, obviously I know Bradley Beal did not make the all-star team this year, but you know what I mean. What? Um, I didn't that, hear anything about that, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that caliber of player, then yeah, I would be willing to, to do the deal, but no, I would. I wouldn't give him up uh, in a deal for, the, like you know, any of the guys that we've mentioned, like uh, Gallinari or uh, Bogdanovich or Fournier or Covington or any of that. Yeah, no, definitely not any of those guys. I don't think. And the interesting thing too is that OG is kind of one of the keys you have if, as currently constructed, you want to give the Bucks a run. OG is the closest thing to what Kawhi was last year as a defender to potentially throw at Giannis, and he's always been a pretty good Giannis defender, if I recall. Um, although I haven't, I don't think we've seen him much on Giannis in recent times, just because it was Kawhi last year who drew that assignment most games, uh, with OG relegated to the bench. But um, yeah, it's just that I wanted to bring that up because it does seem like the most sexy trade chip the Raptors have for sure if they really wanted to get creative and outside the box, which we know Masai is want to do at times, but. I think they're good enough right now that they are very much in the running to make a conference finals anyway, and you know there doesn't seem to be a move out there that moves that ceiling much higher. And I mean, I guess the ceiling still is potentially a finals if things break perfectly against the Bucks. Like I don't think they lose every series against the Bucks that they play a hundred times. It's probably something like 80-20, 75-25, and so there's still a chance, but. Uh, and I, I, you know, we have to draw the same sort of lessons from last year's finals as well, right? Like where injuries can potentially change everything, and you, know, you don't want that to be the case. You don't want Giannis to go down, but you are one ankle roll away from being much better than that team if Giannis goes down. So being in the position to capitalize on weirdness uh, has worked out for this team in the past in the most amazing of ways. So uh, I think that's probably about where we can leave this. I would expect the Raptors do nothing this week. I hope they get Bogdan Bogdanovich for Patrick McCaw, Stanley Johnson, a first and a second. That is my dream. <laughs> and my hope is Bobby Webster calls up Vladdy, refers to McCaw only as three-time champ Patrick McCaw about a dozen time in the, times in the call and potentially gets Harry Giles thrown into the deal as well. That's my dream. <laughs> Four-time champ. Patrick won last night. What? I was 
It's all about the Patrick's. Oh, Patrick game. Mahomes. Oh, yeah. My brain is not very good. Uh, I, I also <laughs> watched like five minutes of that game last night, so not very much in on the football this year. That's fine. Uh, I am very much in on talking to you, buddy. Thanks so much for coming on, man. This was fun. Do you have anything you'd like to plug? I just my usual stuff. You can check out RaptorsRepublic.com. Uh, we're doing some stuff for Complex. Um, should have a Pascal Siakam feature shortly before the All-Star game. So you can look out for that in the coming weeks. Awesome. Yeah, that's about it, man. Amazing. Follow me on Twitter. I think I'm Jacob. Back to you. Thanks, buddy. Uh, yeah, definitely go read uh, and follow and all that stuff. Our pal Big V. Uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe, rate, review. iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. It's very much appreciated when you leave those ratings and reviews. Uh, you can also uh, buy We the Champs if you've yet to buy that. I don't know why you wouldn't have yet, but if you want to buy it still, you can still go do that. And uh, that's about it. We'll be back again on Tuesday. I think in Tuesday morning I'm going to post one of the old Patreon episodes as a bit of a historical deep dive as it's an off day. And then Wednesday morning, I think, and this schedule is subject to change, so don't hold me to it. But uh, Tony East from Lockdown Pacers is going to jump on the show, and we are going to tee up the big-time home-and-home between the Pacers and the Raptors this week. And that will get us kicked off pretty well to about the middle part of the week well we'll uh plan out from there with katie and whoever else wants to come on the show uh that's gonna do it thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you next time with another episode of locked on raptors Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.